good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cuff, Henny Cutter gave him. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. Hey, we discuss local and national Native news and events. And as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. You're right, Dega. This portion of the show is supported by Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon. Support honest Native news from Natives themselves. Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon. I hear there are a couple really cool people in that native roots too oh hey speaking of good people we have uh, dr stately with us it's monday and i don't know why maybe it's because i'm old or getting old but it seems like it's been a long time since i talked to you dr stately uh, dr stately's the ceo and of uh, native american community clinic here in minneapolis in the twin cities and he's an idol of many and including me it's great to see you dr stately <laughs> you're funny thank you Good evening, everyone. Hasn't been that long. I think, I think we talked last week, didn't we? Well, I think I'm getting that. What's that called? Uh, sometimers. Sometimes I remember and old, sometimes old I forget. Timers. <laughs> yeah, <old timers>. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you, how are you feeling? Um, I'm doing well. I was, um, yeah, I was thinking um, the whole time change thing is kind of getting, a, yeah. Like I'm not happy that I'm walking out of here and, in the dark right now in my office mm-hmm. so you know there was that change and then i was a little bit discombobbled because i think like there were some things i like automatically you know change which is um on your phone your phone backdates you know or goes automatically goes forward or backward on um on uh, um, daylight savings time or the end of daylight savings time <clears throat> but what doesn't change is your Alarm settings automatically, which I forgot to do, um, <laughs> which <laughs> which means I was like waking up earlier than I was sh- should have. So, Your alarm yeah, anyway. settings don't cha- don't change with it. No, automatically your clock does, but like you have to actually go in and manually change your alarm settings, which I I guess intuitively I knew that, but just forgot to do because I was busy doing other things. So yeah. So, yeah, Haley, and telephones, we used to have those. They were hooked to the wall, and there's all these uh, things that you've probably never experienced as a Gen Zer. Oh, I, I have seen the telephones on the wall. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, so, you know, on the um, on Sunday when you could have technically slept in an extra hour because you get an extra hour anyway, like my alarm still went off at like 6 in the morning or something like that. Ridiculous. Anyway. Our friend from Vig Guitars said uh, she got a lot of work done because she got that extra hour in. So I, I was just woke up confused for a while. That's every day for you, isn't it? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty <laughs> much. But confused. yeah. Oh, I met that lady from Vig Guitar. I forget how I met her. Did I meet her with you? I think I met her with you, right? At uh, um, not last year, but the year before at the. Uh, at the uh, um, state fair, yeah, I was having yes. a conversation with you and her after, outside of uh, uh, your little um, <clears throat> so your stand. Not your little stand. It was quite actually a very very um, impressive stand. I was, cons- yeah. Thank you. And you know, Wendy set that all up. I, I had nothing to do with it, so that's why it was impressive. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, she was a lovely lady, the big guitar lady. Yeah, I got FOMO because she won tickets on our show for, uh, what's the name of the play again, Haley, that's uh, West Studies in? For the people. For the people. And she won tickets from Native Roots Radio. And then she met West Studi and invited invited him to her store, and he was there for three hours. 
Oh wow, nice. Is he like a musical man? Or yeah, he play, She knew from a movie that he was in that he played guitar very well, and he played it in mm-hmm. this movie. So she said, "I think he was surprised that anyone saw that movie, and he came down there to play some guitar." <laughs> yeah, Angie Big. <laughs> That's very cool. Angie was actually on the show and she talked about it for a little bit. So we appreciate that. That's cool. Did you get to see the play eventually? Yeah. I did at opening night. Oh, of course you did. Oh, that's right. Haley did. (laughs) Me, Haley, and Wendy did. We (laughs) won tickets from Native Ritz Radio. (laughs) Oh, wow. I wonder how that that happened. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, uh, Yeah. Anyway, we won't talk about that. That's like... um, a sore subject in our community, I think. Anyway, winning tickets um, or yeah, no, like when you win the tickets that you yourself sponsor and no, I was just kidding. We uh, oh, we uh, we ran ads and we got free tickets. And uh, I'm an elder; you Good get free you. tickets, anyways. I know you get. I didn't know that when I signed up and got my tickets. I paid sixty dollars for a really nice seat, three seats away. And then, like, <clears throat> anyway, yeah, it was a whole thing. Yeah. I, now I know why your butt hurt. That's why. Not because we are giving out tickets. <laughs> well, yeah, anyway. No, anyway. <clears throat> so I did. I saw it Saturday. Um, oh. My sister and, um, yeah, it was nice. I really liked it. There was a, there was a, um, <clears throat> a lovely, um, Guthrie patron sitting in front of me, this um, non-Indigenous man um, with a very large head that blocked my view most of the time. Yeah, and I was was really struggling with, like, you know, should I do the whole, like, tap, tap, tap? Hey, brother, like, could you just scooch in your seat a little bit so I can see the stage? But um, I didn't do that. I just, you know. Jeez. Sounds like you'll have to go again, Dr. Scooby. I, I might, yeah, I might have to go. Like I, like I gave the seats way in the back to my um, relatives, and um, but yeah. Anyway, it was it was it was a great it was a great show. I laughed a lot. It was really right. fun. Um, well, and then uh, I, what I what I loved was like the 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 dig on um, West Studio where you were like, oh, he was in Dances with Wolves, don't you know? And then they all like <laughs> made fun of him. Well, it was funny, too, uh, that they talked about, uh, you know, of course, uh, powwow grounds and uh, Bob Wright's mm-hmm. and uh, Maria's. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. I was a little offended that they mentioned Maria's and Aldi, but they didn't say anything about my clinic. But then somebody somebody in my family, one of my family members was like, well, what the, was the story about your clinic? I was like, hold up here. Yeah. <laughs> no, you should have said it should have been. <laughs> it should have been in a St. Paulers. Yeah. Well, they talked about the walking colon, didn't they? Oh, yes, they did. Yeah. Which that was is Dr. always Steve. at Mac every summer, the walking colon. I think you're known for it. That's why we started laughing. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, I walked through that. I walked yeah. through the colon. My, I was hoping there would be a t shirt that I could wear with that walking colon, me walking through. That'd be yeah, awesome. We have to work on that. We have a relationship <laughs> with the Cancer Center Network, so we we'll go through that. But uh, <clears throat> um, but I, the other thing I loved about it was like the um, the dueling teepee um, and the downward shunka. Yeah. Well, I thought it was done well, and there was a lot of inside jokes, and there was a lot of laughter. It was full when we went. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's was, going through. November 12th at the Guthrie, too. Yep. So I think next Saturday is the last day, right? So, yeah, Sunday. That's exciting. It was actually a really, like, you know, one of the things I took away from that, it was like, here we have a really nice piece of work that is, you know, like, you know, what studios know, you know, you mm-hmm. know, he's, he's a guy, he's got a, he's a big name. He's a big Hollywood Indian name, you know, and here yep. he is on Franklin Avenue, Appearing, you know, nightly in that play, and come sometimes a couple times a day on the mat Saturday and Sunday matinees, and mm-hmm. you know, it was written by local people. It has a local sort of feel and um, story, and it just was really beautiful to see. It was really like you know, it was fun. It was fun to be in there, get the jokes, listen to us poke fun at ourselves, you know, you know those kinds of things, and just laughter is medicine. So it was amazing. It was just really amazing. I had a great night. 
Absolutely. And then also, too, now West Studi is the first uh, uh, Native American to win Academy Award now that we knocked Buffy out of the out of the running by Buffy St. Marie. So we're <laughs> uh, some people call her Bluffy. Good one. I'm getting T-shirts made. That's good. Hey, we'll be right back with Dr. Stately. You're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. Stay with us. Back to school season is here. And while this is an exciting time for parents, kids, and educators, let's not forget how far we've come in our battle against COVID-19. We're in a better place, but COVID-19 is still here, and we need to continue to help protect our communities. With the flurry of new schedules and classrooms, let's not overlook the fundamentals of staying safe. Wash your hands regularly and watch for any symptoms like fever, chills, a cough, or shortness of breath. Should you or someone you know have COVID-19 symptoms, stay home and get tested. Find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. Let's have this back-to-school season be a time of renewed commitment to our collective health and brighter future for our Native communities. Again, find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. Hi, I'm Claudia with Minsure, Minnesota's official health insurance marketplace. With Minsure, you can compare health plans from multiple companies and get free help from a trusted expert. Whatever health plan you choose with Minsure, it's guaranteed to cover essential benefits so you can get the care you need. See if you qualify for discounts available only through Minsure. If you need quality, comprehensive health insurance, get started now at Minsure.org. This is uh, Leonard Peltier. I am in uh, Coleman 1, U.S. Penitentiary, and I'm listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. Yes, they do, and that's a great tagline as always. Hey, we're here with Dr. Stately, CEO of Native American Community Clinic here in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis. And we're just talking, uh, we're just free spitballing here, some uh, arts and uh, crafts here. And uh, what uh, I wanted to ask you if you had seen... Um, you've seen uh, uh killers of the flower moon and, and uh, what your, your thoughts them, are i think the week before so it's, uh, saturday of last saturday so mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah i you know i i had some mixed emotions about that film so you know um i I, I've seen lots of discussion online and a few other places about, you know, some folks who sort of like are, I don't know, what, I guess what the word would be. I guess maybe in some ways taking umbrage with like the production, um, <clears throat> like wanting the more authentic voice of the Osage people to be more present in that film. And... I understand that completely and then but then I also think about like this is like a it's a it's it's the artistic interpretation of like essentially a nonfiction book right that documents some specific things that happen to a particular community and and in some ways to a particular family um that demonstrates like the horrific nature of, you know, um, colonization and white supremacy and all of its, you know, um, um, you know, most uh, sort of wicked fashion. So it, I had a range of emotion during the, during the, um, during the film. Like I, I, I found myself, like feeling com- a little bit compassion for, you know, um, uh, the husband what was his name again something. Um, Ernest. Ernest. Ernest Burkhart. Burkhart. <clears throat> yep. um, and like, and 
you know, that's the, that's the, um, that's the um, tremendous acting skills of Mr. Leonardo DiCaprio that mm-hmm. he can like make somebody so horrifically ugly, you know, feel a little bit human and you feel a little bit compact. Like they took some artistic license, I think, in the interpretation of that, because that's not really the, the, um, the feeling you get from reading the book, right? It's a, right. it's a nonfiction book that's very fact-based. Mm-hmm. We don't know a whole lot of discussion or, inter- or, or um, information about the nature of, um, you know, of um, Molly and, um, and Ernest's relationship. But presumably it was not one that was based on tremendous deep love and affection, right? <clears throat> um, you know, I don't know how you could love somebody deeply and then treat them the way that he treated her and her family. Except that I do know that, you know, um, uh, you know, the insidiousness of racism and white supremacy is very, very dark and, you know, deeply, um, you know, um, pathologic. So yeah, I, I, I suppose it's, it's possible that he loved her and cared about her and also found it completely consistent with his morality um, right. at the time to do the things that he did to her family and her loved ones, right? Just, so that was, for me, that was like one of the most disturbing parts of the entire thing. I was just like, you know, my first my first feeling was like, get the F out of here. Right. <laughs> right. Well, it's, so, funny. it's funny, too, the um, first five minutes of the movie, uh, I mean, there was a lot of trauma going on for people watching that or watching uh, all these natives getting killed right away. Yeah. And it was, it was, <clears throat> I read that book when I was at home sheltered in place. Um, and I think it was right before I got sick with COVID, I think. Yeah. Um, and I read it in literally like three nights. I stayed wow. up till all hours of the night after my kids went to sleep and I slept and like, you know, I think one night I read until like the, literally the crack of dawn. And uh, cause I couldn't put it down. It was like so compelling. And I had heard these stories before I had read mm-hmm. like, you know, some of, some of the narrative of this story is actually part of Leslie Marmon Sokol's book too, or not um, Leslie Marmon Sokol's book. Um, uh, what's her name? Mean spirit. She wrote mean spirit. Um, mm. She talks about, um, can't remember the name of the author off the top of my head right now, and I'm a little tired. <laughs> but so I had kind of known some of the history about the Osage um, oil, um, uh, you know, legacy and the and all of the things that happened during that period of time. But I never really knew it to the detail that I that was present in that nonfiction novel. Right, the guy really sort of like um, did his homework and investigated some. Um, did some deep investigation. So reading the book for me was like a page turner. It was also a traumatic experience. I was like, you know, <clears throat> it, it really did like pull on all of my early experiences as a kid, you know, growing up in the wow. 60s and early 70s in South Dakota and Minnesota during, you know, Wounded Knee and the beginning the civil rights movement and, you know, and these, all these things all sort of kind of came to my, to my, um, the forefront of my mind while I was reading that book and they became even more colorful during the watching of the movie. So, you know, the book, the last four chapters kind of talks about, um, what's happened to the Osage now and what in the backstory, mm-hmm. uh, the original character, I know Robert De Niro's 80 years old, but the original Hale character was 50 in the book. And mm-hmm. he was released from prison from his buddies like 10 years later. And uh, so was Ernest. And uh, so that mm-hmm. is always. And then poor Molly, uh, who loved her husband until she died, even though she divorced and remarried, uh, she believed him. Um, she died at 44. Yeah, she was young, very young. Yeah. Um and for me, it was also like, you know, I work in the medical field, right? And so, mm-hmm. like, that whole stuff around, like, diabetes and their medicine and they're adding stuff to the medicine to make her sick. And right. I was just, like, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm watching this and I'm like, well, this, <laughs> like, you know, this is like deeply embedded in like the work I do, which is like, you know, like trying to, you know, encourage, like get indigenous people to trust, you know, coming in to see a doctor like that, like they're like, th- th- this is why we are so um, besought with such poor health outcomes, because like, we don't, we don't have a health system that we trust many of us right and so we are reluctant to do things like go and seek help because we don't know what's going to happen to us we don't know how we might be harmed and that's the that's the that's to me that's the real damaging legacy of that that whole um um uh, part of that film too is like just really you know like just the 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 loss of trust and and um in the the um, the compassion and the commitment that people in um, entrusted um, um, right. uh, roles that are supposed to be caretakers and take care of us and protect and serve and do all those things, and when they violate those things, when they violate that that responsibility and that trust, how damaging it is to just those individuals, their families, their communities, their ancestors, and their um and and then all of their um all of their progeny that come after them. There's it's a real great film that demonstrates, you know, the damaging effect of colonization and white supremacy and, and the impact that it has on people, uh, on an entire community, if not an entire nation of people. You know, that's a really good insight, and I didn't think of that because I, I guess I don't have problems going to the doctor, but many of our relatives do. Uh, when COVID mm-hmm. came up, the untrusting of uh, the vaccines yeah. from a lot of our relatives, yeah. and so that's yeah. a huge, that's a really good point. Yeah, like we we really um, struggled with that in the early part of the pandemic, like how are we going to get our relatives to trust that this is going to happen and, you know, yeah, that this is going to be something that will help them. And I had to be in a lot of those conversations at policy level and with the state and other, other um, decision makers and policymakers about like, you know, how do you build trust with a community that you have historically damaged over a long period of time? Right. Well, you know, that goes back to not only medical and we're going to have to take a break here real quick, but, Voting, census, um, mm-hmm. all those things. Uh, you know, there's a, a Ho Chunk. Um, you know, there's there's places where Ho Chunk are from, and then there's places where Ho Chunk are from that we don't talk about. And that's, I'm sure Ojibwe and Lakota Dakota too have those places where we can hide, and when we need to. Um, mm-hmm. And so. Those are things that uh, is a legacy for Native Americans and um, totally understand, especially with what you just brought up, Dr. Staley. Yeah. 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 Those are survival strategies, right? So, exactly. Yeah. Hey, we're here with Dr. Stately, and uh, you're listening to Native Roots Radio. We're going to bribe him to come on for another segment here. I see you have my hoodie on. Um, how did you come to my house and take my hoodie? That's a good one. Oh, wow. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. When you were asleep, talk about oh, trust. <laughs> hey, we'll be right back. This is Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. Are you thinking about college? Consider checking out Minnesota Private Colleges. These 18 nonprofit institutions keep the focus on students with small classes and professors who will get to know you. You'll find students from all backgrounds, and no two colleges are alike. And when it comes to cost, they're more affordable than you think. Find the college that's right for you at mnprivatecolleges.org possible. mnprivatecolleges.org possible. 
We are your relatives. We are your relations. Brothers. Sisters. Sons. Daughters. And and some of us are your grandchildren. We are your community. Historically, we held places of honor and respect. Because of the impact of colonization, some of us are rejected, thrown out from family, friends, and community, set up as targets for sexual violence, sex trafficked, humiliated, tortured, and murdered. Everybody has the right to be safe. We are your relatives. Remember, homophobia is not traditional. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. This is Angela Warner for Warner Stellion, and I don't know about you, but I am not the most patient person. Waiting for something once I've decided on it is really hard. So why wait for Black Friday to score up to 50% off appliances? Warner Stellion is guaranteeing Black Friday prices now, so you can finally replace that almost broken dishwasher with free installation on top brands. You can upgrade to that bigger fridge and faster stove and take two years to pay with your Warner Stellion card. Shop now at warnerstellion.com. It's no secret that medical care costs are soaring, with nursing home and skilled nursing care costs being some of the highest. You don't have to deplete your savings in order to receive long-term care. At Schroman Law, we work with families to develop and implement strategic planning for medical assistance for long-term care, for assisted living, nursing home care, or home-based care. Contact us today to schedule a free consultation at schromanlaw.com. That's S-C-H-R-O-M-E-N-Law.com. This is Chad, owner of AM950, here to tell you about the exterior construction company I trust, Snap Construction. If your home was hit with the most recent storms, trust the most well-reviewed exterior construction company, Snap Construction, for a free home inspection. This is Ryan, owner of Snap Construction. There are a lot of great construction companies in town. My advice is to take your time and do your research. Make sure they are locally owned and that they guarantee their craftsmanship for life. Also, you want to find a company that's been in business for at least 10 years. You want to work with a company that's going to be there long after the work is done. Snap Construction has handled thousands of claims, and we'll help you through the process. Don't go with the out-of-town fly-by-night contractor. Most storm damage goes missed by the untrained eye. Trust Snap Construction for your free storm damage evaluation. For your free storm damage evaluation, call Snap Construction at 612-333-SNAP or visit them online at snapconstruction.com. That's 612-333-SNAP or snapconstruction.com. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Cloudy tonight with a low of 39, then a chance of rain on Tuesday with a high of 46. Scotch Mama's Hot Barbecue offers the huge taste of selections like baby back ribs and pulled pork sandwiches out of a little place. Scotch Mama's is located just a block west of I-35W off of West Diamond Lake Road in South Minneapolis. Visit their website at scotchamamas.com. Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by J.S. Bean Factory off Randolph Avenue in St. Paul. Native-owned, bringing us the best coffee that keeps us awake. And you can also order their roasts at JustSteve'sBeanFactory.com. Hey, that's a good call and a good video. Hey, we're here with Dr. Stately, uh, uh, CEO of Native American Community Clinic here in the Twin Cities in Minneapolis. And... And uh, one of our uh, listeners is saying, you guys are deep tonight. So, hey, um, Dr. Stately is is deep tonight. So we appreciate that. Hey, I got to just... I got to just uh, uh, tell you what I did this weekend, uh, this last Saturday. I was at the Adoptee uh, Powwow, and Mm. it's always uh, very powerful for me being an adoptee. And there was one young lady who came from Denver, and she was there with her sister that she met for the very first time. And those are the kind of things that uh, make work and um, things that we do um, well worth it. And it was very inspirational and uh, emotional this weekend. Wow, nice. Is that the, um, that's the uh, Washipi or the Powell that um, Sandy Whitehawk and her group put together? Yep, absolutely. And it was at Harding yeah. High School this year, uh, seeing that. Yeah, the my nephew's saying there, he said. I saw that. You know, 
I got to give you a compliment too. Uh, the young twins, Robert and his brother, and those, and yeah. those guys are sounding really good. And I do mean you know, that. It's I funny, want like we were talking about that over the weekend, and <laughs> somebody was saying, like, that, that, you know, Robert and Chesky, they're singing all the time. Like, and I think somebody said that their dad was like, yeah, like they're, they're in the bathroom and they're singing, and they're like, you know, over here, they're singing, they're singing all the time. And it's like, well, that's, you know, probably a good sign. Those songs, you know, they're either singing those songs and perfecting their singing with them, or they're making new songs or they're writing songs in their head. It's like, a, mm-hmm. you know, they're meant to be singers. It's obvious. It's in their, like, in their everyday. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super proud of them. I've had, um, <clears throat> Their their drum, my nephew Ruben and Chaskian Jr.'s drum, show up to a number of our events that we've done. Um, not just at Knack, but like you know, we because we use a lot of different drums. But I'm <clears throat> Knack is engaged in this birthing justice work, and we had them be the drum group to open up all of those events um, uh, for us and close some of those events. And um, I had them, you know, be the drummers at a couple of the wedding ceremonies that I've done over the last couple of years. They're just uh-huh. really remarkable young men. I would I would think that of them if they weren't my nephews. They're just you know, yeah. each one of them are, you know, they know their language. They've learned Dakota and Lakota, and they they learn those songs. They they practice ceremony. They're yeah. they're really quite remarkable men. I'm really proud to be their uncle. Yeah, you know, I got to say they were in my last class, my last homeroom at Harding when I was. Uh, teaching and they were a lot of fun to get to know each other and I knew uh, their sister was in my class for four years too and I got to give a quick shout out because I think they got the bug from Barry Hand I think he mentored them in the very very beginning but they've definitely run with it the last year or so yeah yeah for sure um you know one of the things that I is just like you know I you know, I don't think that any of the sort of like ideas that I get from like um, uh, about work and programming that I do here at NAC or that I sort of kind of um, initiate or push to initiate at the clinic. Over the last five years, we've really built out our traditional healing program. Um, we started with one elder and our spiritual care provider, Donna LaChapelle, who recently um, um, actually pat, um, not passed away, but she, um, what do you call it? She, um, <clears throat> retired a couple uh-huh. of weeks ago and she was moving, she was moving up to Hinkley, right. To uh, move into elder housing that she finally qualified for. And, you know, I, I, I love her so much. She was the per- first person that started our work and, and uh, um, cultural and spiritual healing. Um, but like one of the things that has really profoundly impacted me watching Ruben and these young boys and some of the other young men in our community, like watching them sort of re, um, invigorate their relationship with the language, their mm-hmm. relationship with the songs and the ceremonies. And I was like, <clears throat> you know, I was, um, you know, I somebody came up to me uh, a few months ago, like about this time a year ago, and said, hey, like, you know, we don't really have a whole lot of programming for for Native men. Our, Native, our men are hurting in our community, you know, and um, we don't have a lot of resources for them. Um, to start doing some of the healing work that they need to do, and you know, um, I think there's a I think there's a gap there, and so it really kind of compelled me to think through. I feel like, oh, 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 you know, and even my own relationship with my own kids and myself and my own journey, I thought like, how hard was it for me to find like a path to understand my role and my responsibility as an indigenous man, um, what it meant to be a modern day warrior how am I supposed to show up in the world? Um, what is my ro- my responsibilities and my roles? How do I cut my own path and learn how to do that when I don't have a lot of, um, you know, um, at that time in my life, I didn't have a lot of role models about how to do that. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> what I saw happening with my nephews and saw happening with a lot of young Native men in their late teens, early 20s, is, you know, how much that that drum and that hochaka, that that spiritual center, sort of kind of pulled them in and drew them to it, and gave them a um, a strong sense of um, purpose. Mm-hmm. And you know, the you go across indigenous communities all over the world, 
the, uh, the drum is a central figure to every indigenous community. It's like the heartbeat of our, it's the first thing we hear is, you know, uh, as um, spiritual beings, when you come to this earth, that heartbeat of our mother. And so it's a unifying sort of like um, uh, of, uh, a principle. And it's also a unifying sort of like a manifestation of like a value that we have. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one of the reasons why we're so drawn to it and so tied to it. So we launched a warrior, um, young warrior camp last year, all organized around some of the drum work. We had we 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 got our first drum. We did some drum making workshops and stick making workshops, and spent a lot of time, you know, cultivating and supporting um, the the young Native men in the community to like you know learn their songs and learn their responsibility of taking care of a drum. And that's really sp- spiraled off and became this much bigger initiative that we're doing in the clinic <clears throat> and trying to help you know, encourage men to step forward and to take on those um, traditional roles and responsibilities that we had as being warriors, not warriors who fight, but warriors who like protect women, children, elders, our language, our, our songs, our culture, our medicines. These are the things that indigenous Ogichidan, um, Akichita um, do, right? That's our responsibilities. So it's been a really beautiful thing to watch them do that. And it inspired me to do some things around that work in the clinic. Yeah, definitely. And I know you and I try to, when I see, especially when I see people come back to the, to the drum, so to speak, I just tell them how great it is to see them and how they're missed and how they need to, uh, you know, keep coming back and those things too, because we have, uh, we have uh, young warriors too that have uh, gone astray in a sense and and try to come back and join community again. And I think I know you do and your organization. And I think it's really important that we uh, welcome them back in the best way we can. Yeah, it's a unique um, principle and value of our team, of our of indigenous people. I think to sort of like recognize and understand that. You know, everybody in the circle is mm-hmm. important. Everybody belongs, and when when you when you come back into that circle, you're always welcomed. That's what I love about that adoption powwow. It's like you know, you can have been gone your entire life from the mm-hmm. moment you were born till the day you arrive at that powwow, and like people will welcome you and and, and hold you and bring you in. Yeah. Um, the other thing I love about that powwow is that's where that's where I learned that I was an elder at that powwow. <laughs> Tell us that story. <laughs> <laughs> they had they had, they I was at the Indian Center and it was my first time going to the powwow. I brought my sons because I adopted my sons. I brought my sons to that powwow, and mm-hmm. you know, really, um, <clears throat> adoption is a big part of my family history. And um, you know, um, and um, so I was at that powwow, and they took a, a, a um, dinner break and. And uh, Sandy Whitehawk was up there and she's like emceeing and she's talking and uh-huh. directing things. And she says, Okay, we're going to have a dinner break now. And, you know, da, da, da. And all you young ones, I want you to come up and, you know, grab a plate and, you know, get a dish and, and, and find an elder in the, in, in the yeah. arena that, you know, that, that you can bring a dish to. And, um, you know, and, <clears throat> and, you know, that, that's how we do things here. So, right. um, and, um, I was talking to a colleague on the bench and the bleachers and pretty soon this young little girl walks up to me and I could see like out of the corner of my eye, something approached me. So I turned and <laughs> just holding out this plate of food, which was, yeah. and I was like, I go, and I looked at her, I was like, what are you doing? And she goes, <laughs> she goes, I'm feeding the elders. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I wasn't really quite prepared for that role. And I also wasn't really practicing a lot of humility and humbleness. So not in my finest fashion. I was like, Go find somebody with gray hair. Yeah. Well, I get the opposite effect because, you know, I'm 62, going on 63, and they don't want to feed me because I look so young. Yeah. Well, you there, there's right. that. They just have to look at your face. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, that was 10 years ago, and I was 50, and I was uh, like, oh, uh, I don't know if I'm ready to take on that role yet. And I was like, anyway, yeah, so. But I took the plate and just like my friend was like, take the plate. 
Take yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't know it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So That's I'm, crazy. So I've been an elder now for 10 years. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, all I cared about is like turning 55 and I can go to Goodwill on that certain day and get 25% off. I always forget that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder. Well, Dr. Staley, uh, it's up to you if you want to come back. We haven't really talked to any COVID or anything. If you want to jump back in or do you got to get going here, it's up to you. I have to probably get going and take my kids to hockey practice here soon. So they got one well, we appreciate you, appreciate you stopping in and giving us this big insight and especially uh, all the work you do in the community. Um, and you'll always be a, a baby elder to me. Oh, thank you. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> have a good night. Great to see you. Hey, right on. Hi, Juoni. Hey, you're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake. And up next, Haley's going to tell us her life story. No, just kidding. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Be a vaccinative. As the fall season continues, new COVID-19 variants threaten the health of not just you, but our elders as well. These new variants might even evade previous vaccines. That's why it's important to stay up to date. The newly authorized vaccines target current variants effectively and are FDA approved for ages six months and older. But there is an important note. These are the first COVID vaccines to be commercialized, which means there may be costs associated with them. Speak with your health insurer about your coverage before scheduling an appointment to avoid a surprise bill. For those without health insurance, help is available. Ask your health clinic about options or visit vaccines.gov for free locations. Getting vaccinated protects you from severe disease. Don't put yourself or elders at risk. So be a vaccinative and protect our community. You can visit vaccines.gov for free vaccine locations. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. Unveil the captivating world of native photography at the Minneapolis Institute of Art. Their new exhibit, In Our Hands, Native Photography 1890 to Now, turns the camera around and puts native photographers in control, featuring hundreds of photographs captured by generations of First Nations, Métis, Inuit, and Native Americans. You'll view the world through their lens, revealing the beauty and complexity of indigenous heritage. Don't miss this incredible experience. Visit In Our Hands at the Minneapolis Institute of Art, now through January 14th. For more info, visit artsmia.org. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. How? 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 I was following the video there. Hey. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. Uh, we got the last segment here, and Haley and I are going to be talking a little bit about uh, some things. And uh, we, we had an opportunity to, to talk to an elder today uh, that will be playing um, on Thursday, uh, George McCauley. He talked about his, um, his experience with uh, Killers of the Flower Moon as an extra and uh, the whole process, and it was really good to catch up to him. But, you know, Haley, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, um, we're related, and, and he knows uh, my Gaga, which is uh, was my, my grandma and your great-grandma, and it's always cool to see an elder in the community that knows our family and, and knows the great work uh, that she did over the years, and and our uncles, uh, our Degas, who uh, played softball with them for many years. And uh, yeah. a tight community here in St. Paul at one time, too. Right. Yeah, no, it was very cool. And, yeah, that was my first time talking with George McCauley today. And and it's really ga- really great. Uh, George is an enrolled member in, um, oh, now, now I'm going to blank on it. But um, Omaha, Nebraska, right? Oh, yeah, Nebraska. right. Yeah. Good one, good one. Um, 
Yeah, but he was uh, extra in Killers of the Flower Moon, so we got to chat with him today about um, his experience working on set as a Native actor, and uh, we really enjoyed that. But what I didn't know is that George knew Great Grandma Helen, Mm -hmm. and that was really, really cool, and he took the time to kind of write something up and say, oh, um, you know, I remember your grandma and your uncles, and we played softball, and I really enjoyed being around them, and just hearing stories like that is always warms my heart. And I know you brought up Barry Hand earlier uh, before the break, Robert. But, mm-hmm. yeah, Barry, I think when I met Barry, too, he had really nice things to say about great-grandma Helen or your grandma um, and our uncles and everyone. Yeah, it's just it's really amazing how small the community is and kind of how everyone knows everyone. But, yeah, it was really cool to be able to chat with him about his experience and just kind of touching back on the movie. So I actually went and saw Killers of the Flower Moon this past weekend. I believe Mm -hmm. it was Friday. But one thing I really, really did like about it, or I guess just one part that stuck out to me, was um, there was a scene in there where Molly um, is talking about the rainstorm. Mm -hmm. And she says to um, Ernest, who Leonardo DiCaprio plays his character, she says, like stay calm and let's be quiet and let's listen to this the power and the healing of the this rain and the mm-hmm. and the storm and i really really liked that scene um and i guess kind of earlier in the show we were talking too with dr staley just about um the triggers that maybe come up for native people who are watching this movie and there's a lot of trauma and a lot mm-hmm. of um yeah white supremacism and yeah i mean it was a it was a hard movie to, for me to watch personally. I will say, but um, towards the end, I did stick around for the credits, and um, there they actually played an audio of a thunderstorm. Yeah, good call. And I was able to sit there. Um, it was only me in the theater who stuck around for mm-hmm. the credits, um, and yeah, it was it was a good time for me to emotionally sit there and reflect on what I had just seen for the past three hours. Three and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And if you remember, she also asked uh, Ernest, uh, the Molly character asked Ernest, and this was before, this is when they first met, to open the window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was going to shut it because right. it had started raining, and she said, no, leave that open. Yeah. yeah, that was. there's a lot of powerful stuff in there, and I think until you uh, have the capacity to have, like, reservation dogs, where you have the whole cast and the crew and the directors and the writers native, you're going to have issues of the story being told. And um, so that that's going to be an issue, you know, and I always joke and I said this already a couple times today is, you know, there was a lot of good out of dancing with the wolves too. Uh, but I, I still kind of mock it and call it dancing with Kevin Costner because of the white savior aspect of the movie. Um, if you haven't seen that movie in a while, Haley, you should watch it again because I did and I was pretty amazed and it's also a three hour movie too. No, is that one three hours? You know, it's so funny. You should say that because you, you refer to that movie quite a, quite a bit and I have actually never seen it, but I believe like the past night, I think it was two nights ago. Maybe I started watching it and I, I watch a little bit each night before I fall asleep. And Well, yeah. Wes Studi's in it, for sure. Good. You know, Graham yep. Greene, who's in Reservation Dogs. And he was also, in the Twilight Saga movies, too. Right. <laughs> and also, uh, i got to tell you, uh, we had, before you came aboard to Native Roots Radio, we had the one of the uh, characters in Reservation Dogs that played, um, trying to think whose father he played. Oh, but he was in the last show of Reservation Dogs, too. I, I saw him. And he was one of the three little boys in uh, Dancing with the Wolves that were oh, wow. playing. I don't know if you got to that part, but there was three boys that were playing around. and um, They took the horse, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I do so, know what, that, what you're talking about. So small community, but really strong community and everybody knowing everybody and um, – you know, it was fun too at the um, at the adoption uh, powwow. Sharice David's mom was there, and she was adopted, and so I got to hang out with her a little bit. Uh, yeah, and she's whole chunk. Yeah, and 
there was quite a few ho chunks there, uh, which was really cool. Uh, but you know, it, we're all related in certain ways, and I don't know if I even want to, you know, uh, talk about this. I know we've touched about it, but it's. I finally watched the documentary from uh, the Canadian Broadcast System on YouTube about Buffy St. Marie, and that was out like four or five days ago, and uh, it was put on YouTube, and it's very interesting and um, very sad because uh, she did do a lot of good, but the bottom line is that all of a sudden in 1961, she started claiming being Native American out of the clear blue and, and mm. you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's not good. Pretendians aren't, aren't good. They've take away services and things that, uh, real native Americans could, uh, could use. And it was funny. Um, and George's interview was going to be on Thursday. Uh, he talked about there was over a thousand people there when he first got there two hours before, um, um, I guess auditioning as an extra. And he said there was a lot of white people there that were auditioning (laughs) as natives. Right. And I was like, which is weird. Well, it isn't weird. If you look at the movie, uh, there's a great documentary that call, uh, that came out like around 2009 and it's called, uh, real Indians and it's R E E L engines. And a lot of great people on there that were interviewed, um, talked about the movies in Indians and how most of the Indians that you'd see were Italian or not real Indian. And, uh, also the pan Indian where people were, uh, the only reason why they were wearing, uh, headbands and feathers is to keep their wigs on. And that mm-hmm. isn't how the natives uh, of the Southwest, for instance, what they wore. So people, sure. that's where people all these years would get, uh, the wrong thing about natives, like we're dinosaurs and we're not here and, uh, and all these things that, that we're not human or, or humanized. And right. So and yeah, well, just before we end the show, I know we just got a minute left here, but I quickly want to say we had Dr. Stately on, uh, president and uh, first officer of Native American Community Clinic. And uh, the, the end of the year is wrapping up here. So if you do not have health insurance yet, I just want to shout out uh, Minsure. Uh, they help you connect with your local experts to guide you through that process. So every plan through Minsure offers essential health benefits. And you can actually learn more about that at Minsure.org. Very, very helpful. Yeah, and they're very helpful. Get in there early so people can help you. I know that's that's a big deal from uh, a lot of friends and young ones I know that are have signed up to Minsure because it's the law, and also you need insurance, and you never know what's going to happen. You know, good uh, good up. Uh, hey, you're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and we're still here. We are the seventh generation. And free Leonard Peltier now. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative